because I just it's I think about time from time to time. (laughs) Such a nerd, I love it. Um, In my mind, that was very. Hello and welcome to another episode of Contemplations, the podcast. I am your host, King Kenna, and I'm very glad to have you here again. Thank you so much um, for listening. It's been amazing to see how much engagement I've gotten over the last month and the fact that the conversation is, um, the conversations that I'm having with some of my dear friends are are really hitting home for some of you. It really gladdens my heart because I do think um, and I do believe strongly that these conversations are very important. Um, at least for me, they shape a significant part of who I am as a person and who I want to be. Um, thinking about these things uh, is very important to me and I'm very glad that it is being well received. If you haven't already subscribed, please don't forget to do so and as always I do appreciate any feedback that you have to offer it really is a delight to read them to hear them and to chat some more about them I love it um without further ado I'm gonna jump into today's uh episode which is just a concluding part of the discussion discussion I had with my friend Marika from last week this uh, I was listening to it again and it's just such a wonderful wonderful conversation we had she's so gifted just such a wise woman and I'm so grateful to have her in my life and also very grateful that she uh, took the time out to share um, some of her wonderful thoughts with all of us myself included so I'm not going to keep you too long I'll just let's jump right into the conversation and I really hope you have a good time enjoying the concluding part of the series on nostalgia Ciao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. That is, that's very, that's very past. So there are a couple of things you mentioned there that stood out to me and I made interpretations of them Mm -hmm. for myself. Sorry, I don't know what's going on with my voice, (laughs) but um, like, like I mentioned, and this is a good time to reiterate this. I did not create this podcast for people to agree with us. Um, This is how I show up in conversation Mm -hmm. and I'm just practicing it out loud. So um, people can be making their own conclusions. I do believe everybody is responsible for how they think. Um, And people need to own that more Mm -hmm. in terms of, and I don't, I don't mean that in a combative Mm -hmm. way. I think people always think of when they're disagreeing or when they don't really fully agree with everything that somehow means they are in a war or a fight Mm. it's really not that deep guys just (laughs) hold your opinions and embrace it but um i thought you shared some very very great thoughts there the first thing you mentioned with uh your experience in growing up with growing up around things like the confederate Mm -hmm. flag just made me start thinking about my own experience with that i did not grow up in a racist environment i grew up in nigeria we all looked similar and if if anything tribalism would be the thing but not even really and maybe i interacted with that very differently because both my parents are not from the same region of nigeria so i've i didn't have that but i did uh move to the u.s when i was still a teenager Mm -hmm. and so i kind of completed my growing up process i like to think of it that way in the u.s so i did and i lived in indiana that is also known for their confederate flags Mm -hmm. i lived in a little town Mm -hmm. there 
Um, and when you were talking about that, I just went back to how my first couple years in the U.S. was really a struggle because for people, especially in Indiana, who don't really care to get to know a person and for a culture like American culture that just likes to put people in in boxes, you have dark skin, therefore you're black. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your mm-hmm. experience is. You're mm-hmm. just black mm-hmm. for the demographic mm-hmm. purposes. Even even we fill forms that make us choose those right. things has nothing like I, I, I have chosen to ignore that. That's a personal decision I've made because I just feel like it is asking me to summarize very complex parts of myself by checking mm-hmm. a box that I don't really think describes mm-hmm. me. So I, mm-hmm. I don't do it unless I'm compelled to in which case if there's an other mm-hmm. i write what mm-hmm. i want to write there <laughs> but I, it's been something i've been doing the last few years because it just it was always something that bothered me because i came in to the u.s i was considered mm-hmm. black uh but not black enough for black people and black mm-hmm. still for white people and um I remember we had, because I've always loved conversations since I was a yeah. kid. I just love talking about stuff, which is one of the reasons I <laughs> created this podcast. I just, if something's bothering me, I want to talk about it. it. Like that's, yeah, that's how I process things. And I remember we had these really, now in hindsight, they're very helpful. They were very difficult meetings with the African Student Union and the Black Student mm, Union of our university. Mm-hmm. And because there was a tension, there was tension between us on Mm. campus and we were trying to figure out why Mm -hmm. it was. And when we all started sharing our experiences, it became obvious that uh, it's very dangerous to put people in boxes Mm. like that, especially from the external, Mm -hmm. because um, I would go to a fair, for example, and see a Confederate flag, but it's not, it doesn't stir up fear in me. Interesting. Because I didn't grow up in America. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I didn't experience firsthand right. as a child yeah. the dangers of being surrounded or being in the company of somebody who has a Confederate flag on their car and the values they might hold and right. things like that. Interesting. So I was very like, it's just, oh, that's a cool <laughs> thing. Like, that's interesting. And I was just like, oh. That's mm-hmm. weird. Like that mm-hmm. would be my thing with it. But that's weird. And someone's getting livid behind mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, why are you angry? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But to the person with the Confederate flag, they don't know. They don't care. We look right. the same. Yeah. <laughs> Their thoughts are the same. Right. <laughs> um, so when you were mentioning that, it really uh, when you were talking about your experience with that, I think you also alluded to it, but it really was speaking to me how it is very important to take responsibility of the nostalgia that we Mm. feel. And this is a whole other topic that I'm going to talk about another time because um, I believe I'm a strong believer in taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I do know from the friends I have and I've had that not everybody feels that way. <laughs> not everyone feels like we have we take we need to take responsibility for everything we do. Some people that I know believe that um, we can't control a lot mm. of stuff. And again, those are one of the things where I feel like it, get, it can get very hairy because I'm like, you can't control a lot of stuff you, that happens, but you can control a lot of stuff that you do. Right. I think your actions are well within your ability to control. And even when you make mistakes, you have the ability to try and do better mm-hmm. the next time. Um, and why, why I'm saying that is in things like this, I remember our first year, someone who shall not be named was really pissing me <laughs> off by 
upsetting you. Uh, and I really just was, I just, I hate when stuff like that mm-hmm. happens. I just hate it. It just, like, now thinking about it is making me angry again. Um, I just, I don't like it when people interact with people without mm. care for how what they're doing is impacting the other person. And in the context of nostalgia, I think we are not necessarily, we might not be responsible for, especially as children, the memories that we hold dear because it is true, anything that's comfortable for you, or like Alex and I were talking about last week, anything that happens that you benefit from, especially as a child, you're not necessarily inclined to see it as a bad memory. But then when you get to a point where you have more information and you know that that memory that was good for you is very bad for Mm. someone. I think at that point, you have the opportunity to make new decisions, like you were saying, to say, this memory that was good for me was bad for someone. So I need to take responsibility and let go of some of the comfort I find in that memory so that this world can be a better place for myself and this person to live in because it is selfish for me to hold on to this memory and wish for simpler times when simpler times means harsher, way more difficult times Mm -hmm. for other people. To me, it's just, it's not easy, Mm -hmm. but what's the other Mm -hmm. option is the way I think Mm -hmm. about it. Like whenever I advocate or talk about things like this, it's not because I think, oh, it's intuitive or duh. (laughs) It's not necessarily about that. It's about what is the alternative? Are you suggesting that it is just as plausible or just as good for me to hold on to a memory that is so harmful to another person Mm. just so that I can have my Mm -hmm. memory? (laughs) Like So true. Nostalgia in that way, yeah, nostalgia in that way can be a gift because it can... It can be a lens through which you look back at how how your past has evolved right. and how you can build a new future right. from it. Like how you can make new memories right. that are beneficial to your children or to the next generation that comes right. after you. Yes, yeah, so true. And I remember in my own case, I had to start... Um, and this, this has been something I remember in school, we had to talk to each other and the community like in our organization as Africans and say there are th- and like we all talked about this there there are things about us as Africans that are that we can't re- you can't relate to as African American and vice mm-hmm. versa but we are here in your country where you are treated mm-hmm. this way and we will stand mm-hmm. by you and we will let go of our desire to be liked or the fact that the cop out of like well this is not about mm-hmm. me Because people tend to do that. People only think that prejudice exists from people who have power or, or very clear power. You can, you can look the same. For example, for me, I can look the same, um, and sound different. And that could be used as an advantage to me. That's a disadvantage to someone else. And I can use that opportunity to, uh, stand for that person, to support that person. I don't need to say, oh, well, I wasn't considered in your number, so I'm just going to head out now and let you continue Mm -hmm. suffering when you see something that's clearly Mm -hmm. wrong. So in that moment, when we've had that information, what I'm trying to say is we can build new memories. We can choose discomfort. Mm -hmm. Like choosing discomfort Mm -hmm. is an option. It's it's okay to choose, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, Mm -hmm. it is okay to choose Mm -hmm. discomfort because if you always choose comfort and, and you and I talk about this all the time in this generation, choosing comfort is such a priority. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just, it's just worded differently Mm -hmm. now. 
people are on purpose trying to only choose comfort yes. that's an, i don't think that that's helpful yeah, it's so true. <laughs> i don't think that that's helpful being only surrounded by things that make you happy i think can be very detrimental to your growth mm-hmm. as a person for example and I don't mean to make light of anything that you've been through mm-hmm. as a child, but some of those hard things that you faced, I feel like have shaped who you are mm-hmm. in, in a way because you've chosen to let them make you a better person, not a mm-hmm. bitter person, not a bad mm-hmm. person. And and I think that was a choice mm-hmm. you made because you could have chosen to be <laughs> any kind of way, but your priority, and, and I, this is tying back to what you were saying about interacting with your future self. I think it's very important, like you mentioned, to have a good idea of who we mm-hmm. want to be. Because even for me, sometimes I think about it like in terms of how I should react or I, how I want to react to something or how I want to interact with something. But when I think about who I mm-hmm. want to be, I'm like, I have to make a decision mm-hmm. now that can help me be who I want to be. And that decision requires me to be uncomfortable right. now, whether that's not getting angry or as angry as I'd like or not reacting in the way I would or hurting someone the way mm-hmm. I want to or neglecting something or ignoring something or embracing my own comfort for another person's discomfort. It could mean a lot of things, but I think the core idea is just taking responsibility and really listening to the people mm-hmm. around us. Like listening to how our experiences are affecting so them because yeah i um i took this test a few years ago about i don't remember what it really was about but talking about the things that motivate different people to give insight into their personality and i got to find out with no surprise at all that i'm someone who really believes in interconnectedness right. i do think that the things yeah. i do affect other yes. people i'm actually very conscious yes. of that it like if one of the things that can hurt me the most is when I find out something I'm doing affected somebody in a negative Mm -hmm. way. It really, Mm -hmm. it really gets to me because I really try to not be someone um, who causes irreparable damage to someone. I I don't want to be so, and, and I don't, I mean, there's the other part of me that doesn't think that thinks that there's healing, but I still don't want to be the reason someone spends a lot of time trying to heal themselves. I just don't want to be that person. Um, so you also mentioned something about holding room for growing complexity. I really, mm-hmm. really liked that. Like, I just wanted to reiterate that. And and this is a term y'all in the arts and humanities use. I love when you guys talk, you talk about like holding room, creating space, safety. I love the terms you guys use. It's so like nice. Shiny. And polished, but I, I liked it, and I thought I thought it was a very uh, poignant reminder for us to be able to. I think it all goes back to really being self conscious to me, like or mm-hmm. self aware, just coming into the world thinking more about mm-hmm. things. <laughs> which is another reason I created this podcast because I think if we all thought more about a lot of things, if we spent more times in yeah. our heads, when we actually show up, it might be better. Yeah. I don't know. It's I, a theory, but yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah, what I, I think. think. So too. I think like it's, I know we've talked about like comfort or what does it mean to like be uncomfortable mm. or, um, and I think yeah. so much of that is like, before I I used to think of it as like oh you know maybe only in material ways like I shouldn't like Mm. necessarily like like try to live like a super luxurious life and cause Mm. harm to others (laughs) by like my choices and you know Mm. over accumulating things I don't (laughs) need or something but um, I realized like 
maybe also that was like for me anyway like that was like just like a one-sided way of looking at it because I think what I've realized is almost Mm. even the more challenging thing in some ways is like to find that find the ways you're being comfortable in your own mind or within yourself and then to Mm. kind of like face those things um, internally and then have the courage to kind of really look at yourself and find those you know it's hard but I think finding the moments where like you've really caused someone else pain or been in pain and be able Mm -hmm. to look at that and um yeah accept the kind of discomfort of it and face it I think is like kind of almost in some ways harder than the dis the Mm. you know the discomfort that might come by like giving up something material in a way it's harder to do the inner stuff I think (laughs) (laughs) speak on that because it's so true like when our first year when we lived where we lived Mm -hmm. I don't want to name call names of things just for privacy but where we used to live we had the opportunity to interact with a lot of people and you'd find ideas like that where people who were trying to make meaningful change in the world a lot of them thought that meant living a simpler lifestyle in terms of how much money they made and even some would go as far as i remember i had a conversation with someone who thought all rich people Mm, should die like literally (laughs) (laughs) And, and some people just have these really strong opinions about wealth and to some extent i see what they're saying it's not that i don't think it's unfounded their their feelings but I do think that it. I totally agree with you. The difficulty is changing mm-hmm. your heart because if you have the right heart, you can have all the money in the world and it's going to go mm-hmm. to good use. If your heart <laughs> is right, someone can put all the wealth in the world in your mm-hmm. hands and it's going to go towards mm-hmm. the right things because your heart is in the right place. So I don't think necessarily the problem is about the money per se. Even uh, in the Bible... I know there's somewhere it says the love of money is the root of evil. And it's not money that's the root of evil. It's the love for it. It's where your heart posture about it is. That's what causes Mm. evil. The money itself is just a thing. It's neutral. How you interact with money (laughs) can be what causes evil or causes Mm -hmm. good. Um, And we... I, I just I feel very strongly that my generation or just the world I live in, we don't like to take responsibility. Yeah. Even myself, when I'm taking responsibility, it's not like I'm like, oh, yay, responsibility. We don't love responsibility, mm-hmm. but I think it is important that we do take responsibility. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. That was very, mm-hmm. I loved thank that <laughs> little banter there. So nice um, to hear what you're thinking. So why... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, I want to wind down and go to the last couple questions and just ask you to talk about where you see, where do you see nostalgia having a bigger role than is acknowledged or admitted? So I think it's kind of along the lines we've Mm -hmm. spoken on, um, talked about now, but like, where do you think nostalgia should be more emphasized than it is like if that makes sense sense. yeah (laughs) I think like I guess in their last kind of question we were talking about um maybe Mm -hmm. the ways in which nostalgia can be harmful so on like I guess I would acknowledge that as like one of the areas that could be thought about but 
Um, on the other mm, hand, yeah. also, uh, I think it's making me think of the ways in which we can nostalgia could be a tool um, yeah. towards other possible futures. So um, I was uh, reading this one author, Tina, or sorry, scholar Tina Kemp, who talks about um, the notion of the loophole and how it's almost like a sanctuary or a breath away from the weight of the world that we live in or the oppressive frameworks we find ourselves in that allow us to envision or enact yeah. um, or dream and imagine other possible futures so i think um nostalgia in that way could also maybe be a bit of a loophole or a sanctuary or Mm. an avenue that we can use towards envisioning and imagining um like i mentioned before like the worlds we are making um and yeah uh, a breath away also um from some of the constraints we might find ourselves in our everyday life so I think like sometimes life does feel heavy and we can revisit like moments or spaces that allow us to call forward other feelings and I think that Mm -hmm. can also be like a point of departure or like a springboard towards um what we whether what it like we're thinking about what we want to create in our own life or the type of world yeah. we want to make collectively I think it yeah. can allow us to like think about yeah like when did I feel most safe and like what is what were the elements in those environments that allow me to feel safety or joy um or yeah. lightheartedness like I think all those things are so important because there's a reason we're trying to grasp for them so then we can call them forward and allow them to kind of um, serve as a tool that kind of shapes Mm. uh, or gives a mapping Mm. towards what we might want to make. So I think that, yeah, nostalgia can be both things and they can have, it can have like a very, it can have a very powerful role, I guess. Mm. And in some ways Mm. it could either be, yeah, like a maybe not so uplifting one if it's like ignoring the harm, but it could also serve like as an uplifting um, one if we use it in kind of with an awareness internally as to like what we're making. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's very, I love how you put that because, um, listening to a lot of my friends lately because i will plug this again i just happen to know the best people in the world i don't know that's just how i'm feeling and so far it's 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 checking out because um i've been hearing a lot lately and i've been interpreting it as perspective is everything Mm. so we we can be faced with pretty similar things or pretty different things, but we can interact with those things differently depending on how we look at those things. Um, I used to really hate the glass half full, glass half empty analogy. I still don't love it, but I I, I respect it now. (laughs) I respect it because it is true. How you look at something determines how you feel about it or, or how what you end up feeling about it. Because to an extent, I think we do have some power over our feelings, but not Mm -hmm. a lot. Or I don't know what a lot is. It's hard for me to say stuff like that because I'm like, what is the measurement of a lot? Um, I will just go with Mm -hmm. some. We do have some power over how we are feeling. 
Um, but the part of us that doesn't have power over how we're feeling, I think we can get some of that power mm. back by the way we're looking mm. at things. Um, and so, like you were saying, if we're interacting with nostalgia, as I love how you said it can be a springboard. Mm. I love <laughs> that terminology or a point of, of just a point of launching mm-hmm. and how it can be a safe haven. Mm-hmm. We can we can consciously hold moments that we know are going to bring us Mm -hmm. comfort Mm -hmm. in the future. And that's very helpful for people who are separated from, and the example coming to my head is just people they love for whatever reason, could be distance, it could be death, it could be anything, but memories, holding memories very consciously Mm -hmm. in the present. Um, I know I've been more uh, intentional about doing that Mm -hmm. lately. And it's been it's been a great experience because actually it's very funny how <laughs> thinking about the past can help me stay in the mm. present more. Cause if I know that one day this is going to be the past and I want to hold that, then I'm there. Yeah. I'm like, I wanna be right. here because I wanna remember right. this. Yeah. And I love Same. that. Yeah. <laughs> it does help. Yeah. It's so cool. It does yeah. help. And the, when you said you, you did that at a young age, I was just like, another reason why Marika is uber cool. Because I only started doing this. Um, I only started doing this um, not too long ago, maybe mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I just, from from experiences and things that have happened to me, I, I just, it became more glaring to be more to be more aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm very blessed to be able to still collect stimuli even when I'm not trying. Mm-hmm. So I think I've kind of lazied through life with that, just <laughs> knowing that I still, I remember things I didn't even try to remember, right. you know? Uh, but because I didn't choose what I remember, there were things I really wanted to remember clearly that I didn't. And mm-hmm. knowing that, and how um, it really caused me pain that I couldn't remember some things that I really wanted to remember right. has made me approach decisions or approach my my interactions with more uh, intentionality. Mm-hmm. So I can be having a conversation with my mom or like and even our conversation right now. I'm just like, this is I just want to be here because in the future, I want to remember this. I want to remember how great I'm feeling Mm. now. Just being able to share the blessing of, of having conversations like this and, and just talking. I, I, I do, I don't think people understand how much I love just (laughs) picking people's brains. I just love hearing what people have to Mm. think, especially people that I respect and I think are wise. Cause I will, I will admit, I don't want to give people the impression that I just love listening to anyone. No, (laughs) there are people I certainly do not like to listen to. And I'll probably talk about that another time. But um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think what I got from that, Mm -hmm. and I don't, I'm not saying this so that you can get the same thing I got. You could, you could get something different. I cannot, I don't want to control what you get from this. But what I got from that was that I need to, um, take ownership of how I show up in the present moment because one day my my current present moment will be a past memory mm. and I kind of have some say in how that memory is going to show mm. up so um, and it can be very mm-hmm. powerful so I should not underestimate the value of staying present in the moment yeah. because that'll be tomorrow like tomorrow that'll be nostalgic right. for me and 
if I if I do this moment right, then that nostalgia can really be beneficial mm, to me. That's so nice. Yeah, I like that. So <laughs> that, that that was I learned that from you, Marika. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Doctor Saint Rosio. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, we are at the towards. Well, we're close to the end of the interview. <laughs> Um, or our conversation. <laughs> but I wanted to ask if there's anything you would like to add. Um, I told Alex, maybe I'll say this every single time. I just really love this question because I just learned about the question recently. And I love, I love learning. So I'm still very fascinated by the fact that I don't know why I didn't think of this before someone told me, but they're like, you can ask someone. Is there anything <laughs> that you want to ask? And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's, That's so, so true nice. because then you give them the opportunity to tell you what they think if you if you missed it mm. um, or you neglected or forgot um, to ask something that they really wanted to talk about. It gives them the space to do that. So I want to give you the space if there's anything you'd like to add. That's so nice. I love that. Um, yeah, I don't have too much more to add. I just loved how you kind of summarized the the how we can be empowered in how we Mm. recall uh moments in time or how present we are and i think i guess like the thing i'm really interested in right now is just finding other ways Mm. to conceive of time and i think that does connect to Mm. yeah nostalgia and how we pick the moments that we want to hold close to our heart and so yeah. Yeah, just everything you said I think is also something that I'll carry with me in terms of our responsibility mm. then in our in our present moment to mm. both be aware of what is happening around mm. us and how that like um might affect or impact the ways in which we're linked to each other and then yeah. um also our responsibility towards um yeah, ourselves and what we're building yeah. for ourselves or the future worlds we're making collectively um, yeah. and what that means for the actions we're taking now. So I think just everything you said really uh, connected with me and I'll keep thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> me too. I'm, I'm just thinking now, which is not allowing me to stay present, but I'm just like, we're going to talk about time. There's no way we're not having a conversation. What a ride. What a ride. Uh, I'm so grateful that I got to have these conversations. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. And I especially, especially want to thank Alex and Marika for giving me their time, giving me their wisdom and insight. These last four weeks have been so great. I know I had those interviews and we had those conversations, but I, I listened to them over and over again. Um, I'm making this as much for people as I am for myself. I, I feel so enriched by these conversations and I just feel uh, grateful to be able to listen to how different people that I respect are really thinking about things that I consider very important. And I'm, I'm definitely going to reevaluate how I interact with my nostalgia and how that can make me a better person and make me show up better in the world that I live in and um, I hope that it will inspire some more thinking in you I hope that you will contemplate these things and I hope that you will in turn make decisions based on what you've heard and what you've concluded in your own mind that help you 
show up as a better person in the world and uh, leave the world better than you found it. Uh, and I, I hope again that you, you've had a blast, as much a blast as I have listening to these podcasts and uh, or to these interviews. And next week, we're going to be doing something very different. Um, you'll just have to tune in to find out. <laughs> but thank you again if I haven't already said thank you for your time I really do not take it for granted and I'm grateful and I'll see you on another episode of contemplations or I'll talk to you I don't know why I keep saying see you we're not seeing each other anyway up until then enjoy the rest of your day night and yeah talk to you soon bye